Writing a musical was a childhood dream of mine. I spent my days at home singing and playing my way through musicals like Hairspray, Rent and Wicked on my dad's upright piano. Eventually I did move to a keyboard in my bedroom after lobbying for my older brothers. I assume the person who invented the keyboard probably had a younger sibling who played the piano and wished more than anything that they could turn it down. So, Anyway, after playing through these musicals day in and day out, I wanted to write something of my own. A story of a young man who triumphs and saves a bagel shop. But let's not skip ahead. With any good musical, I suppose, any good story, you should start at the very beginning. Lights up on the bagel shop. Shmuley's mum standing behind the counter, rolling bagels and sprinkling on toppings. The characters of Shmuley's mum and dad are performed by Elisa Gray and Ellie Eras. You'll hear more from Ellie later in the episode. Come on, Shmuley. It's eight in the morning, and if Mr. Silver doesn't get his horse ready, she'll plot. I tell your father, if he doesn't get down here in five minutes, I'm going to cancel those Barbara Streisand tickets. Hey, hey, honey, don't need to get so uptight. I've been preparing this food for hours. I stink of gefilte fish oh, and shame. Sweetheart, it's only the morning. That means everything is calm and relaxed and nothing... Hold on, I'm coming. Just a second. I, I've got... Oh, jeez. Very good, Bubbleuffle. So... Here's your delivery list for the day. All right. Adam Clayman's Kugel, Hal Silver's Horseradish, and Simon Simovitz's Salmon Patties. Now you take care of yourself, you little kvetcher. Oosh. Have you got everything? Um, bag, check. Glasses, check. Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack, ah, check. Yeah, I think I'm good to go. Knock him down, kiddo. Be safe. Every day, I wake up and run around New York City delivering Jewish delicacies to very obnoxious Jewish people. And when my legs get tired and feet get sore, there's only one thing to say. Oy vey. Oy vey. Life can get crazy, you get stuck in a trance. It's hard to catch a break and it's hard to take a chance You gotta look nice and you gotta act fancy Even when you're delivering Kreplach to Mrs. Zamsky You're getting sort of tired, it's the end of the day There's one thing to do when that feeling's at bay We say Oy vey Oy vey I was going for a run in beautiful Central Park When this dog charged at me with a wild wolf and bark I was at work, it was my lunch break When I tripped on a rock and fell into a lake When you feel kinda low or even a bit gray Just look to the sky and you know what to say Oy vey, yeah, yeah, oy vey Like it was a mission You see, I did not have my parents' permission I wandered back home at three in the morning To hear nothing but my parents snoring I crept into the kitchen just to grab some snacks And was shocked when my dad attacked me with an axe It's me! It's me! Oh, Shmooly! Life gets hard and life gets tough But we continue to try and continue to act tough Pushing through every day 
of those two words we all say. Oy vey, yeah, yeah. Oy vey. It's a word with no direct English translation. It comes from Yiddish, which was a language spoken by European Jews originating in the 19th century. It's a language full of personality and hyperbole, a language fit for the people who spoke it. This weird musical was my passion, and the world I grew up in was my inspiration. So in order to go on this journey, I want to explore the community I lived in and how that led to 15-year-old me writing a musical about bagels. I attended a little Jewish day school in the southeast of Melbourne. I started at the school in kinder when I was an angry little four-year-old and graduated a confident, starry-eyed 18-year-old. I was even circumcised in the school drama room. Not even kidding. Maybe that's when my love of theatre started, but we won't dwell on that. My school resembled kind of like a large, dysfunctional family. There were fights and tears, but still there remained a lot of love. We sang Hebrew songs and put on little performances of stories from the Torah, like Moses and the Exodus of Egypt. Let my people go. Really exciting stuff. I was a naughty, attention-seeking kid. I spent school days swearing at teachers, running out of class and being an all-round headache. Till the day I joined the after-school drama class on Thursday afternoons. Suddenly, my energy had somewhere to go where it was useful. So I participated in every improv night, house play, school musical or soiree that I could put my hand up for. My biggest support? My drama teacher, Ellie. Hey Ellie, how you going? Hey Jake, how you doing? Good, thanks so much for for chatting to me. Um, You knew me when I was at school, what was I like as a student? Okay, so I'm I'm not blowing your trumpet here, Jake, and it's this is not for your podcast, but <laughs> but you were pretty outstanding as a drama student, and and I specifically remember your first performance that I saw, which was uh, in the production of Bugsy Malone. Um, I think you were in year six at the time, and and was it Fat Sam that you yep, played? Yeah, Fat Sam. And, and and even though it was all those years ago, I I remember it like as clearly as if it were yesterday, and you. You pretty much owned that stage. You were you were confident. You were engaging. You had impeccable comic timing. You had a wonderful voice. And the wonderful thing about working with you is that I never felt like it was a teacher-student relationship. It was like uh, um, working with a fellow collaborator. And how do you think we're shaped by the community we grow up in? I think we're profoundly influenced by our community and and as artists we draw on what we know in order to create and our community is a huge part of that. So did you have any childhood dreams that maybe didn't work out? Yes, yes, many. <laughs> many lost dreams, I think. I, I actually, um, my career path as a child I thought was going to be, um, I thought I was going to be a film director. I was going to follow in the footsteps of Steven Spielberg and make amazing films. But, but I did actually end up applying for the Swinburne Film and Television course, and I remember um, a specific moment in the interview. They actually asked me the question, what was my favourite film? Um, I said straight away, Jaws by Steven Spielberg, and it was so clear that I'd chosen something that 
was too commercial and 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 it was this clear moment where I just thought, oh my god, like I've worked my my whole life for this moment and it's it's gone in a flash of an eye. And here was a job in teaching where I felt loved and appreciated and and that I could draw on all the skills that I, you know, I kind of was a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I could draw on all those things and and feel like I was actually making a difference in people's lives and I never turned back. So I want to ask, what do you remember, I suppose, if anything, um, about the character Schmully Greenberg or the Best Bagels in Town musical? <laughs> I actually remember it very well. I, you know, really? You, you, talk, <laughs> you talked about this uh, Schmully um, character and, and the Best Bagels in Town musical to me in year nine, and um, I was pretty blown away that, you know, a, a young man of what was it, 15 at the time? Um, You'd written a full-blown musical with a libretto and a musical score. Um, And I knew then that, you know, you were either going to burn out at the age of 18 or you were going to be a great force in the world of theatre. Thank you so much, Ellie. (laughs) My pleasure. See you later. See you. Support from mentors like Ellie paved a clear path for me in the creative arts. It left me with something called chutzpah, a Yiddish term meaning someone confident and ambitious. Now, back to the story. At this point, Shmuley's parents have left town and he is asked to run the bagel shop for the day. He's full of energy and enthusiasm. And when asked by a customer for a recommendation, this is his response. And before I play the song, I just want to set the scene. It's 2011, I'm sitting in my bedroom at my crappy keyboard doing what I did most nights, performing a concert for my sister and my mum. And this is the actual recording of me singing Shmuley's response on my mum's phone. Bagels, baba ganoush and babka, baits in my blintz and a bareka, chala harosef, chalintin couscous, falafel, gefilte fish, chopped liver and holos, nosh on some schmaltz and some brisket that's pickled or chicken soup, lox herring and schnitzel, this was one of the first songs I wrote for the best bagels in town, performed in my bedroom by 15-year-old me. It lists all the Jewish foods I could think of at the time, and to be honest, I barely scratched the surface. Food is at the heart of the Jewish people. Every special holiday has its own menu. On Purim, we eat Osnei Haman, which are like little triangular cookies filled with jam or poppy seeds. On Passover, we eat matzah. On Hanukkah, we eat sufganiyot, which are like sugary jam donuts. Safe to say, I was a chubby teenager. And there's one food that dominates the universal Jewish stomach. Bagels. There are many different arguments as to where bagels originated. Some say 15th century Poland, others 17th century Austria. The first instance of a bagel in literature was actually in the Polish city of Krakow, as it was instructed in community guidelines to deliver bagels to women after childbirth. Universally, it's always been a cheap bread for the common man. And it's in New York City that the bagel became inextricably linked to the Jewish people. From there, it's become a cultural phenomenon. Bagels even became political. In 2018, Sex and the City star Cynthia Nixon entered the governor race trying to oust New York Governor Andrew Cuomo when she was rocked by a cultural scandal. 
The prospective governor was taped ordering a cinnamon and raisin bagel with locks and cream cheese. Gross. She'd go on to lose the election after spending much of the campaign discussing her lunch order rather than discussing policies. This leads me to introducing my next guest. After working several years in some of Melbourne's best kitchens, New Jersey native Zev Foreman felt Melbourne's bagel game just didn't compare to home. With the perfect bagel eluding him, he took matters into his own hands. Literally. Hey Zev, how you going? Hey, what's happening? Not much. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. Where did your journey with bagels uh, begin? My, my journey with bagels really started when I was, you know, I, I, when I could eat. Um, it was a it was a big part of my my family life growing up. You know, some of my my earliest memories were my grandparents had a, a big house on the Jersey Shore, and every weekend, kind of the whole family, all the cousins and aunts and uncles, we'd spend the weekend down the shore, and you know, every every morning we'd just have a big brunch with bagels, and <laughs> it's in my blood from from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely, can definitely relate to the the Sunday morning bagels. Um, so I wanted to ask you also what. What do you think the connection is between being Jewish and this kind of like big obsession with food? Every kind of Jewish festival, every kind of, you know, Jewish life event is is centered around food. Um, Absolutely. So, I, yeah. you know, anytime that I can think of doing anything Jewish with my family, it, it kind of revolves around the whole family sitting around the big table and eating, you know, makes memories. Um so, you know, from one generation to another, you know, I remember going with my grandfather and getting a big pastrami sandwich that I couldn't even get my mouth around. And, you know, when uh, when my kids are older, I assume we'll do the same. Why bagels? Like what made bagels so iconic as like a Jewish food? The fact that it's something that everyone can do and that you can do every weekend, uh, you know, you can't eat a giant pastrami sandwich every weekend, but everyone, you know, can, can get a, a bagel and a schmear on a Sunday. Were bagels even a part of your childhood dreams or? Um, no, I wanted to be on Saturday night live. That was, uh, that was what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Um, why, why didn't it work out? Oh, I just don't think I was funny enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I really liked cooking as a kid. Um, it didn't become something that I thought of as a career until I was in, in university already. You you're you're a fan of musicals, right? I am. So what what's your thoughts on the idea of a musical about bagels? Yeah, I, I mean I think you can have a great musical about anything. Um I, I think if someone had told me, you know, ten years ago, oh, I'm gonna write a musical about Alexander Hamilton, I would have said, Well that sounds like the most boring idea you could possibly come up with. All of the you can make a musical a great musical about anything. Um, and, and bagels are are incredible. They I think they really suit a musical. That's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for, for speaking to me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Speaking to my high school drama teacher and a bagel connoisseur has helped me understand a bit more about why my school experience and obsession with Jewish food led to the creation of this musical. But there still is one big question. On the next episode of The Best Bagels in Town, I'll ask why did a 15-year-old with no composition experience think he could write the next big Broadway musical? And on that thought, how do you write a hit musical? The Best Bagels in Town is supported by the Victorian Government through Creative Victoria. It's written and produced by me, Jake Feely, in collaboration with my 15-year-old self.